Well, let's look again at Romans 15, 13. We have been in a series called The Source of Hope, and um, we're going to cover some aspects of that tonight. Good way to continue in as we're starting the new year. This is going to be an awesome year. Amen. This is going to, this is already is a good year. It's going to be a great year. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. We're going up and we're going to have an awesome year. Amen. It's going to be one of our best years ever. Not the best year ever. We're going to go higher and uh, walk with God in a stronger position. Romans 15, 13. Our expectation is high. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope. Aren't you glad that we serve a God of hope? I mean, you imagine if it was just a real dreary, you know, mean, uh, dictator type God that just beat you down all the time and it was always just drab. You could be that way. Thank God, the God Almighty is not that way. Now you see examples of people being that way. You see, of course, the devil is that way. He just beats people down. He can't help himself. Even people that work really hard for him still beat him down. You don't want to be in that kingdom. But thank God, the God, the Almighty, he's a good God. He's a God of goodness and faith and mercy and hope. And that's who we serve. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing and you may abound in hope, abound in expectation. We've covered that hope in the Bible means expectation. It means expectation of good, of success, of things going well. That's what we're talking about. In the NLT, it says, I pray that, the God, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident Hope. Notice that. Confident expectation. Confident hope. How can we be so confident it's going to be a good year? How can we be confident our lives are going to go well when you see all kinds of things in the world? Because we are connected with the source of hope, the source of good, the source of true power, the source of true life, the source of healing, the source of protection, the source of abundance. He is the source of all good, and we're connected with Him. And if we're connected with Him, then we're going to have His flow coming into our life. He has not gone anywhere. He's on the throne, He's in command, and we're going to yield to Him, so we're going to have what He wants for us in our lives. Amen. 1 Timothy 1.1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. He is our hope. He's our expectation. He's the one we look to. You know, uh, there's individuals on the earth that don't think anything of Jesus. They don't think he's anybody special, certainly not God, and mock those who do. But we know that he is the hope of all mankind. He is the son of the living God, came to the earth as God, as man to save us. And he's the, the true source of hope. He is the true hope. And so we look to him. And as we do, then we can have hope in our lives. We can have, have expectation because he's on the throne. Let's look at Romans 8, 28. There's so much 
you know, just so many facets of all this, and we cover what we need to, and then, you know, we, we unhook as we do series, but we're going to cover, no, uh, cover another aspect tonight. Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know, everybody say, say we know. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And we know, that's positive, that's not, you can leave it up, it's not doubtful, it's not maybe. It says we know. That means we're convinced. That means we're strong. And we know that all things work together for good that all things work together for good to those who love God. Do you love God? We love God. Then it says that all things work together for those who love God to those who are the called according to His purpose. In In the Young's Literal Translation, it says, And we have known that to those loving God, all things do work together for good, to those who are called according to purpose. So it doesn't say that God does everything on the earth, that He doesn't make everything happen for good. See, some people go that way and basically say God is in control of everything and everything that happens is His will, but He's doing it for your benefit. That's not true. There are all kinds of things that happen on this earth that are not God's will whatsoever. There is an enemy on the earth and He does motivate men and women and influence men and women to do things that oppose God and that God has no desire in and no, uh, no pleasure in. But what this verse says is that in spite of that, God, it, well, it says, all things will work together for good to those that love God. So when we love God and we go after Him, to those that are called according to His purpose, then it doesn't, even if things happen on the earth that look like a setback, He can still turn things around and make it good anyway. See, that's a huge difference. It's not that God's orchestrating everything. Because then you'd have to ask, why, why in the world did this happen? Why in the world did this? You just look around the earth. You think God's orchestrating all this chaos? No, He's not doing it. But in spite of it, in the middle of it, we can still have all things work together for good. Looks like this thing is going to be a setback. Looks like this thing is going to take us off. But we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. See, if we'll look to God, He's always got a way out. He's always got a way over. He can turn around any situation. He didn't bring it about, but in the middle of it, he can turn it around. Every time. He is the Almighty. In the middle of any situation, looks like there's no way out, he's got a way out. Looks like there's no way through, he can go through. He is more powerful than any being in the universe. He created the universe. 
And so anything that happens on this earth doesn't matter what it looks like. God has a way through and over. Let's look at Genesis 37. Actually, um, before we go there, can we skip down to Psalm 105 and we'll come back to Genesis, that first Genesis scripture, and then we'll go forward with Genesis. Psalm 105, verse 16. It says, Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them. Talking about God in relation to Israel. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure to teach his elders wisdom. Talking about Joseph. Joseph... Um, there's a, a long account in Genesis. It's really good reading, though. If you go and read the whole account, we can't possibly read through it tonight. I mean, we could. We'd, it'd be a long service. Uh, but we're not going to take the time to do that. But look at verse 19. It says, Until the time his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Until his word to his cruel brothers came true, until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. You know, and we're going to read um, those words that came forth uh, when Joseph was young. But talking about Joseph's life, that he, he some things uh, were shown to him about what was going to happen in his life. And he spoke some of these things out to his family, and they were not happy and uh, did not take it well. And we're going to read that in a second. But his life then had a number of setbacks. But in spite of it, God just kept moving him forward. And God just kept helping him. And, and what would it look like? It's over. It, God's failed you. God has not helped you. He kept going forward. And ultimately, he came out on top, and God used the situation, turned it around, so that actually many people, that Israel was saved, that, that the start of Israel... Uh, you know, him and his brothers were the ones that became the 12 sons of Israel that, that, that became uh, the, the foundation for the nation of Israel. So let's look at Genesis uh, 37. Genesis 37. It says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors, coat of many colors. Verse 4, But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So his father loved him, and it was obvious that he, he favored him. His brothers didn't like that, of course. Nobody would. Verse 5, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And his brothers said to him, 
Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. So he told his brothers his dreams, and they said, What? You think you're going to rule over us? That didn't make them happy. They, got, they were very mad with him. Verse 9, Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. At this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. So, you know, Joseph, whether or not he should have shared that, and even if he shared it, he probably didn't do it in necessarily in, in the wisest ways, telling his brothers his dreams, and that basically... The, the meaning of the dream was implying that he was going to rule over, him, over them. They already didn't like him. They already despised him because he was the favorite. And, and now they hate him even more. And, now, and then he has another dream that his parents are going to bow down to him. So he goes ahead and tells everybody that. And so then they're all like, who do you think you are? Which you could see that very easily. I mean, in any family, if somebody starts going, hey, I had this dream. You know, you guys are all going to bow down to me. I probably wouldn't go over well in any family, especially you talk to the parents. And, and so they became furious, the, the, um, the brothers. They just they couldn't stand it anymore. So they, they hatched a plot, and they're going to basically take him out. But one of the brothers uh, saved him, you know, kind of argued for him. And so what they ended up doing is selling Joseph into slavery. They were going to kill him, but they, they sold him into slavery, and they told his dad... Uh, he's dead. Showed him his coat and dipped it in blood, made it look like he was torn to pieces. And so he was sold into slavery. So, you know, right at, he's saying, I'm going to, you guys are all about going to bow down to me. And then he's sold into slavery, which is not a good thing. I mean, in this day and age, at any point, it's not a good thing to be a slave, but they're, they're, he's out of the family. I mean, it's a horrible situation. But he, in spite of that, starts, he keeps moving forward. And to move forward, he had to have his, his mindset right. He had to know something of God and know something of what we're talking about here, that even in spite of this, there was hope for him. There was, there was, there was good for him. He had to, otherwise, he could have folded real early. Let's look at Genesis 39. We're just going to read a few verses in this because it's many chapters uh, that you can read through it in Genesis. But I... I encourage you to go back and, and read through it. You know, it's, what, 12, 13 chapters, uh, the whole account. Genesis 39, verse 1 says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. So some people bought him from his brothers, and then Potiphar picked him up from those guys. Verse 2, The Lord was with Joseph. That's important. So even though he was in slavery, God didn't go anywhere. God was still there. Even though he was in a very bad situation, think about it. Don't just let it be a story. His brothers turned on him, were going to kill him, sold him into slavery. He, his dad thinks, his family thinks he's dead, his, his parents. His, his brothers hate him. He's separated from him from them. He's now a slave in a foreign land. And it says God was with him, though. 
So he didn't have a good situation, but God was with him. It says, the Lord was with Joseph, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Notice that. He's a slave. But it says he was successful. Because he, he knew God, and he did not give up hope, and he did not let this setback define his life. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Verse 3, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did prosper in his hands. So his master saw there is something different about this guy. He, is, he has a, a, an excellent spirit about him, and everything he does is prospering, even as a slave. Verse 4, so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. And all that he had, he put under his authority. So the guy, so Potiphar is taking, he's giving all responsibility to Joseph. He's letting Joseph run his affairs. Verse 5, so it was from the time he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. You know that if, if we'll follow God and do what he said, the people around you will be blessed for your sake. That's why if you're in a business, if you work for somebody else, don't curse them, don't say bad things. You say, well, I don't curse them. Talking bad about them is cursing them. Don't, don't, don't go there and work, and then on the other side, talk bad about your employer or your boss or, or anybody else. If you're working there, it's a channel for God to bless you, and then speak well of them. Speak well of the company. Even if you don't agree with the leadership decisions, you're there, you're working, you want it to be a good environment, speak highly of them. That gives God an avenue to help them, and then to help you, and to lead them. This applies to our government. This applies to who we work with. It applies across the board. We don't want to curse people. We want to be a blessing, and people will see the blessing on us and the work of God. They may not agree with everything, but they can't deny there's something about you that's excellent. That's, what we, that's the witness that we want uh, to give. Doesn't mean we're perfect all the time. Doesn't mean, you know, but, but you're real. And, and you, you love people, and it's obvious that you love God. You don't have to throw it in people's face. Uh, it's just, it's apparent when we just follow after him. So verse 5, it says, So it was from the time he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. In other words, Joseph just took care of everything, and the only thing Potiphar knew is what he ate for dinner, what he ate for lunch, and all his affairs, Joseph's running it. So I guess, you know, I don't know, he's just hanging out, uh, socializing, whatever, but he, uh, Joseph is running everything. And remember, he was sold into slavery. He's a slave, yet he's going up to where everything that his master has is under his hand. So then his, uh, Potiphar's wife takes a liking to Joseph, and so she starts going after him. And she is uh, trying to seduce him. You know, so he's working the house, she's trying to come after him and, and uh, get him to, to come with her 
over and over and, and of course he rejects her and says, no, I would not do that and tries to get away from her. Finally, uh, she tries to seduce him again and then he runs away but she gets his coat and then she lies and said that it was him that was uh, trying to, you know, uh, rape her and, and do things to her. And so um, he, so then um, she goes to, to Potiphar, lies to him, and gets Joseph in trouble. So verse 20, if we look at Genesis 39, verse 20, It says, Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. So he is sold into slavery, but he keeps chugging on. He, becomes, he gets to the place where he is over all the things in his master's house, He's doing well, and then his master's wife lies about him and now gets him thrown in prison, which is arguably worse. Probably a good deal worse. But verse 21 says, The Lord was with Joseph, so God didn't go anywhere, and showed him mercy, and, gave, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now we're talking about all things working together for good to those that love God, to those that are the called according to His purpose. This is in the Old Covenant. Joseph knows God. We're in the New Covenant. We, we have a covenant uh, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ with God Almighty, and He said that all things work together for good to us. But notice, in the covenant that, that God had, and you know, they, didn't, um, they weren't even walking in the same covenant at this point, but the, um, the, the principle and God's heart towards people that looked to Him was no different. God always wanted to show people mercy. And Joseph was after God, and so God showed him mercy, and now He's giving him favor. So even though he has a setback, he's moving forward. Verse 22 says, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. Who does that? The guy that's over the prisoner, prisoners starts putting Joseph in charge of the prisoners. Because Joseph has such favor and is so honorable and so good, and God gave him favor, so he starts doing you know, doing things in the prison. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. That's a good thing to speak over your, yourself. Whatever you do, God makes it to prosper, even in prison. Don't need to go to prison to find out. We can read about Joseph. We can just find out, God would be with me in prison, don't need to go there. So you may feel like you're in a prison. You may feel like it's bad. You may feel like you've been set back. But God was with Joseph in prison, and he'll be with you wherever you are. Wherever I, if we'll look and believe, you know, it may not feel like God's there. We don't go by feelings. 
We go, we go by what God said, and He said He would never leave us nor forsake us. So regardless of where we are, we know God is with us. And what's He there? He, therefore, He is there to help us, to make all things work together for good. He didn't do it. He wasn't making it happen, but He will help us to move forward and to prosper in spite of a setback. And if we'll believe that even in our current situation, that God can make things work then we'll have a different approach. So then, we don't have time to, to cover a, a lot of the story, but, but he was in prison, he was over the prisoners, uh, a couple of the king's servants, the butler and the baker, were thrown into prison, and um, they, they had dreams, and, and Joseph said, well, I can, I can tell you what the dreams mean. He did, and exactly the, what he said uh, happened, one of the, the, um, the servants, the butler, was promoted back into his position with the pharaoh, and the other one was executed. And the, the butler said, hey, when I get out of here, I'll tell them about you. He didn't. He forgot all about Joseph. So Joseph thinks, hey, I'm almost out, and then he's in prison. And he could have got discouraged there, but he just kept on going. Well, then the pharaoh had a dream, and he was, you know, nobody could interpret it. And so then the butler remembers, oh yeah, there's this guy Joseph in prison. And so they take Joseph out of the prison and bring him to, the Pharaoh, bring him to Pharaoh and, and he's able to tell him the dream, able to tell what it means. And so then Pharaoh promotes him to the second highest of the land. Happened again. And so then Joseph becomes over uh, Egypt and he is in charge of, because they, there was a famine coming, of, of preparing for the famine and making sure everything was right. And here he is now in a, an elevated position. And so, and then, then as he was in that position, his family ends up, there's a famine everywhere. And so his family, his brothers come and there's a, you know, you have to read it. There's a, there's a, a, a lot of activity. His brothers come and um, come before him, and they bow down to him. And so what's happening, his, what he spoke before was actually happening, and he had to remove himself because he was so moved. And they go back and forth several times, and ultimately his father comes back with him, bows down to him. It's just exactly what had happened, what he had said would happen in the, from the dream and what he had told him. They didn't know it was him, and finally he reveals himself to him. And it's because of his ability, what, because he's there, they were all saved. They'll be able to eat. All the people uh, all over are saved from this famine. Let's look at Genesis 50, verse 19. After all this has transpired, they are, as you can imagine, they're terrified when they find out it's Joseph. When they, when they've, they realize that the guy that's in command is the brother that, that we almost killed and sold into slavery, they may or may not at that moment realize that what he said before has actually come to pass, and they're thinking, he's going to take us out. And he didn't. He had mercy on him. He was very kind to him. And then he said this. Verse 19, he said, Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I, am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, 
but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people alive. So they came against him, but God turned it all so that through all those events, God was still with Joseph and helped him. And as a result, many people were saved and kept. And it doesn't matter what situation that we're in. God is with us. He is for us. And He will bring us through. Just like Joseph, just like that situation. We can look back. We can learn from these things. And we can realize that God, I mean, that the same God, God has not changed. Thank God our covenant with Him has changed. But He hasn't changed. And Joseph, don't, I mean, don't fool yourself. Joseph could have checked out at any point. He could have decided when he was getting sold into slavery, I thought I, I, thought I had a dream. I thought that was, you know, something that was being revealed to me. Went and told it, and now I'm, in, I'm sold into slavery. Almost killed. Forget it. I mean, don't act, we, we don't, we don't want to think that somehow Joseph was a robot and just because God meant something and had a plan for him that it was automatic. That's not true. Joseph could have checked out just like you and I can check out. At any point, he could have done it there. He could have done it when he was sold into Potiphar's house. He could have been like, what? I'm in Egypt? Forget this. He could have had a bad attitude and not done anything and not believe that anything was going to go well. And as he's doing that, he's not going to be noticed. Potiphar's not going to think he's doing a good job and he wouldn't have been promoted, but he had a good attitude and he was promoted. And then after all that, he could have said, well, I've held on and now I've been upright. I haven't done anything wrong in this situation and now I'm thrown into prison. This is unjust. What is going on? Forget it. And just, sell, just been sullen and just hung it up in prison. He could have been like any other prisoner and just been depressed and wasting, a life, wasting away his life and done nothing. But he didn't do that. He was promoted in prison and kept his eyes on, in the right place. And then he had the whole episode where uh, he was told he was gonna, they were going to tell Pharaoh about him and that didn't happen. And so he could have checked out then. But see, he was believing something, and we can believe that no matter what is going on, that God is able to make it into something good. And, and, and it, we live in a real world. You don't have a book to read about your situation from a future perspective, from your exactly like you know, Jim did this and this, and Jim did this, and you can look to the back of the book and go, oh, it's going to be all, it's, everything's going to be awesome, so stay in there. You can't look at that. You can't, you know, insert your name, look at it and go, hey, how's this going to turn out? Okay, I'm all set. We're good. But we do have the Word of God, and we do have situations like this that we can read, and we do have the promises of God so that in the middle, when we cannot see past what's going on, because this is the challenge. Because you're in a real situation, I'm in a real situation, there are real challenges, there are real things that are happening, and you can't, with your physical eyes, you can't see past the situation. And you don't know sometimes how it could work out. 
You don't know how it could change. You don't know how God could work it into good. You don't know how things could come out all right. And so then we can, we can be stuck and we can say, if we look at the wrong thing, then we can let our hope fall. We can let our expectation fall. We can start saying, yeah, you could even say, yeah, fine. I see how that worked out for Joseph. But, and then you look at your situation and we elevate our situation over God's word and basically say that God can't do in my situation what he did here. Not that everybody's going to be second in command. Not that that means everybody's going to be in prison. Not everybody's going to be at the head of a you know, Egyptian's house. It, 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 that's not the, the meaning of, of what's going on here. It, it, it's that God is always with you and that regardless of what the situation is, he'll bring us over if we'll look to him. But we have to look to him. And we can't, we can't make it so that it's something just uh, like it's a story, but it doesn't apply to us. Like the word is true in other situations, but you know, this is my situation and I just don't know. And that's where the rubber meets the road. When, to believe that God works all things together for our good, when in front of us, we don't know how we could do that, how that could ever happen, that's the challenge. Is how could that happen? But that's where we don't, we, we need to look at the word so that we don't lose hope, so that we keep our expectation in spite of it. In, when, if you're looking at the natural, you would give up. You'd quit. But we have to look past it. We look, have to look to something beyond that. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine? These are heavy-duty things in this list. Aren't they? Well, you can make your own list. <laughs> it might pay to make your list. Write a list and write things, challenges that you're having. Shall this, shall that, shall a financial challenge, or it's a, it's a health challenge, or a relation challenge, shall it separate me from the love of God? Read, read this, and then, you, you know, we could put things in here, because it all applies in the same way. Shall tribulation, well, a lot of things could be uh, related to, tri to tribulation, or distress, or persecution. Somebody's not treating me right. Well, welcome to the club. The Bible clearly says that will happen. Now, you want it to be because you're godly, not because we're being stupid, but it, the Bible does say that if we're living godly, we will uh, suffer persecution. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? So any of these separate us from the love of Christ? It says, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things. Everybody say, all these things. See, all these things can't become something out there that's like, yeah, yeah, got it, it's out there. But, and then we come back to what's in front of us, we, it has to be all these things, including now, and God will work all things together for good in this situation now. And I'm expecting it. See, you're expecting something is going to change because if you're looking at what, you're, what is going on in front of you, you don't know how, you don't see a way, you may feel like crying, and we're not making light of any of that. But in spite of that, we have to say in all these things, which includes this, then God is, going, God is able to work. 
Verse 37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. More than conquerors. That means it doesn't matter if something hits me, it'll still be made uh, to work together for good. That's more than a conqueror. It doesn't matter what you throw. It's just, it's going to twist back and we're going to go forward anyway. That's, that's unconquerable. That's what the Bible says that God has made us. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. See, it's not through you. It's not through my power, your power, your intelligence. You, if, if it was up to that, maybe you're ready to fold. But because of what God has done and through Him, we can look to Him and know that, no, God will work all things together for good. Verse 38, for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that what we kept reading in Genesis? But God was with Joseph. But God was with Joseph. This happened, but God was with Joseph, jo Joseph, and he was successful, and he was prosperous, even in situations that those words usually don't go together. Prison and successful and prosperous do not usually go together. And slave, no, but that's what, it, because God was with him, something was happening in the background when the circumstance looked bad, God was still looking at it as you're successful because you're not staying here, you're going through. And God is doing something. And that's the way we can look at every part of our life that, look, this may happen, but this is not the end. This is not where I'm staying. God is with me, and He is for me, and nothing can separate me from God, and He is working this out. One thing you can say is, God is working this situation out for my good and His glory. That's what's going to happen. I'm going through this, but God's working this thing out. That's a good thing you can just say. It looks bad, but God's working this thing out. He's working it out, and when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, it's going to be for my good, I'm going to be in a good place, and He's going to get the glory. Amen.